Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened they've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys that these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years I think we'll have to start with Ballymun, uh, Conan. First title in eight years. Doesn't sound like a long time, but considering the the county players and all the All-Ireland medals, there's been a lot of focus on them since 2012. And what the hell is wrong with this team that they can't win it again? And I don't know their ability maybe to self-destruct in different years. There was no evidence of any of that yesterday. They were absolutely brilliant in the first half. It's as good a performance as you'll ever see against a brilliant Ballyboden team. Now, it has to be say, it has to be said, we're very flat on the day. Definitely, but it is funny because I was I was coming into this game thinking, oh, I wonder will Ballymun be nervous? And then once you see them taken to the pitch and like, all these stars who have performed like some of the best man of the match performances in all our finals and stuff like that, it's like no no problem to them. And they just they just romped home like pure power all over the team, taking on men, shifting Ballyboden in the places they didn't want to be. James McCarthy gave Michael Darren McCauley a run around, and it was just a team on the front foot from the very off and every time Bally Bowden got a side of goal like they were under so much pressure that they were scuffing it and slicing it and yeah it was just a dominant performance very dominant 14 points in the first half second half was a very scrappy affair Ballymun didn't care about that the damage had been done in the first half and some of the football they kicked some of the points they scored I just, I just I don't know just a feature of that first half was how they moved the ball down the other end of the field really really fast often through the foot took it on to Ballyboden and because they were moving the ball so fast and not messing around with it not going sideways they were able to get a lot more space up, um, up front a lot more space up front and then what that meant was a lot easier scores especially like compared to what Ballyboden were being faced with and because Ballyboden tried to run the ball a lot and they were they were going laterally and it was slower like Ballymun were set up every single time Ballyboden came forward yeah. and they're set up really well like you know, I think I talked before about you know these defensive lines like when you have a straight line if you can just break through one tackle no matter how many people are there you're through but Ballymun always have these sort of staggered lines where people are behind somebody else so when you look at that and you're a Ballyboden player, you're thinking, no chance, I'm not going in there. So they were just on the outside every time. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Some people you'd often wonder when you're watching a match, how come they're always facing, you know, a, a more defensive kind of team than on the other side? And it's down to how slow your build-up play is. I'm, yeah. I'm convinced of this. I say it all the time. Galloway are a great example how they've changed it around um, this year under Porrick Joyce. We mentioned that during the league. We'll see them again during the championship. The trend now with every team is to drift back with the ball. So if you're slow with your build-up, you're going to face maybe 12 men. If you're fast with it, the ball will be down there before the drift, before the drift back and you'll get one-on-ones. If you're, if you, if you have conviction about your attack, yeah. you will get some, you will get joy and your forwards will love you for it. And, and you can coach this very easily. We, we spoke about this before where like you can just have a shot clock in training. Like, you know, yeah. where if you're not scoring within 10, 15 seconds and it's a free, it's free the other way. And that just creates urgency. And, and like, you're right. Everybody's drifting back with the play. And it's also because everybody's a lot fitter like if you're not if you're not drifting back and you're a half forward you're being real lazy like you can do it you can go back 60 meters so everybody's doing that now and if you're going to let them do that you're putting yourself under so much problem and then obviously the byproduct of that is now there's 12 men just set up in front of you like it's like it just makes sense to go get the ball and go Go do it, yeah. And don't be afraid of making a mistake. To describe Mark McNamee's kickouts, Mark McNamee didn't have a great day, like in comparison to Evan Comerford. He was trying to go short, but giving it to fellas under pressure, whereas Evan Comerford was able to get off his short ones every single time. That's obviously a different standard of goalkeeper there, and that's no disrespect to Mark McNamee. He also messed up on a Paddy Small um, point and was a bit panicked when he fisted, fisted away another one. He didn't have his best day, but he's a young player. I wouldn't be too harsh on him. Leon Young, clean Colin Baskell, who didn't look, um, who didn't look a hundred percent. What about, what about uh, Michael Darren McCauley's hit on John Small? He fell back on his legs. I thought he was, I thought he was, he was knocked out. Yeah, straight into the straight into the head as well. <laughs> look, I don't think it was a dirty challenge because yeah. Small had sidestepped his way back. He had, and he'd sort of fallen into him as well. Like, you know, Michael Darn McCauley definitely didn't pull out of it, but um, Small didn't make it easy, and it was very interesting in the replay, and there was nothing, like, nothing to suggest that McCauley was going for his head, and he didn't lift his arm in any way, but, like, Small did well to, to bounce back up from it because, Jesus, he must have been rocked from the size of Michael Darn McCauley's arm. Yeah, he's gone huge. He's gone absolutely huge. And I like the way James McCarthy came over and gave Michael Dara a couple of taps on the back as in, don't worry about it. You know, there was nothing... There was nothing yeah. in that, you know, rather than come over and make a big deal. Nice to see a bit of respect out of um, inter-county teammates. John Small's hit on Cohen Lucchini, though. There's a picture doing the rounds. I tweeted it out. My God, did you see this tweet? Like, their faces look completely distorted from the impact of the hit. <laughs> Not only did Small perfectly time the hit on Keeney, and Keeney's a monster of a man. He knocked him, he dislodged the ball, and then he collected the ball and ran out with it. Like, I mean, it's just, it just doesn't get any better than that for, for a hit on a, on a, on a Gaelic football or, her, on, or any GA field. Uh, the photo is incredible. I think it's a sports file photo, and like it, it looks like someone out of a Rocky film, you know. Where you yeah, it's, it's fictional the way the faces are going, but um, like Small looks so thrilled to be involved in the shoulder. Like I've never seen such dedication to a shoulder. Like his two fists are clenched. He doesn't care about the ball at the stage. He's just given everything into connecting with Keeney's shoulder. Yeah, and like geez, he did rock him as well. Like it was a. Uh, Amazing photo and an amazing piece of defensive work from Small. No, it definitely was. One of the funniest tweets I saw yesterday was from Eamon McGee. He says, the Ballymoden number nine. You'd think Eamon, of course, would even know this lad's name. He doesn't. Um, he says, the Ballymoden number nine trying to scare James McCarthy is the funniest thing I've seen all day. Like, I mean, imagine imagine going up square and up to James McCarthy's in. All right, I'll get inside this fella's head now. I might try and intimidate him. <laughs> 
<laughs> big, big mistake from Declan O'Mahony, I think it is, wasn't it? Declan O'Mahony, yeah. Like, I, I haven't seen someone react to something like that with an instant step forward. You know, it wasn't as if... Oh, yeah. He, he didn't flinch. It wasn't like he refused to take a step back. He actually went forward. As soon as O'Mahony <laughs> tried to do anything, McCarthy was well up for it. He was like, let's go, I'm ready. And yeah. it was O'Mahony who took a step back in the end. It was, it was. Like, I mean, the, the, the obvious thing, and everybody will say it, is that this year... Ballymun Kickham's got a full run with their county players. Now, you're talking about a goalkeeper who's understudied Stephen Cluxton, and we know Evan Comerford is a very, very good goalkeeper and how important they are, especially when you see, you know, the Bally, uh, the Bally Bowden goalkeeper, Mark McNamee, not having a great day at the office and putting his team under pressure. With Philly McMahon playing in his, in his best position as a cornerback. John Small is best position centre-half-back. Uh, James McCarthy is best position 100% at club level at, at centre forward and the two the two inter-county forwards uh, Paddy Small and Dean Rock in the full forward line like, I mean they picked all their best players in their best positions they had them all year didn't have them coming back after winning an All-Ireland where they are emotionally physic- a lot of time physically and emotionally completely wasted mm. and this isn't an excuse for Ballymun every year it's a genuine reason why they maybe don't hit the heights that we would expect them to hit because that is not an ideal scenario for any club to have five inter-county of their best players that are vital to their performance not being at the pitch of where they should be through no fault of their own. No, I, I remember I watched highlights recently of the Ballymont Vincent's final was it 2017 and um, beforehand like the commentators just talking about Paddy Small's got a hamstring injury. John Small's got a calf injury. And Phil McMahon's carrying a knock in there, for God's sake. Like, they finally have their team together. They're in the final and they're all just carrying carrying knocks. And that, like, that's it. We had Phil McMahon on a few weeks ago or maybe a couple of months ago now. But he had said that point that you're talking about psychologically as well. Like, when those players come back in, they haven't been with them all year, but then they probably feel pressure to to go and dominate matches like you know and they're probably doing things that doesn't help the team because they're just trying to take it by the scruff of the neck and and just trying too hard almost like because they're, they're the county players that need to be the stars whereas when they're with them all year they're just part of the team obviously they're the best players but it just fits more naturally and that's what we yeah. well I, I remember when I've often said this on the show when I finished playing with Leash I could be a month before I want to start getting my head back in around you know fully committing and wanting to be the driving force for Port Leash because you, you, you give up so much your mind is obsessed with this for, for months and the commitment levels are, are huge even for me who wouldn't have been the most committed fella but the odd year I would have committed you need a bit of downtime at the end of that you need to get over that before you can start the idea that you can just flick a switch and now completely change and say right I end that's all ended yeah and I'm not going to need a few weeks to get my mind right and I'm going to go in now and try and drive this these lads on when that's not where your head is at at all and they're expecting you to do it it's a mess and like this year absolutely has proved from Ballymun that, you know, having those lads all year, like, I mean, it was funny, Brendan Hackett was interviewed um, after the game and he says, Declan Small, uh, that's John and Paddy's father who who passed away this year. Um, he said, when he interview, interviewed me, we sat down to talk about the job. He said, look, the guys you see in July and August playing in Croke Park will be spent by the time they come back into you in September. You've got to bear that in mind. Like, I mean, imagine just warning a prospective manager, your five best lads. They'll be useless to you now for the first little while. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are you going to handle this? Like, it is tough. 
It is, and like what what you're saying there as well. Like you're coming back to a team as well. If you you need a month off yourself mentally, probably physically, and you're coming back to a team who this is all they've been thinking about for nine months or ten months. Like you know, this is what they care about. You haven't even thought about it really for the best part of nine ten months, and now suddenly you have to you have to care as much as them as well and fit into what they're doing. It's gee, it's it's tough. Yeah, no, there's no doubt it was. So we mentioned all the county players, but one of their lesser-known players, Fiak Andrews, was absolutely outstanding yesterday. He, he scored um, four from play. Um, I spoke with his better-known father, Val, a little bit earlier, and I said to him he must be a proud father today. Goals without saying, to be quite honest with you, but I'm more delighted for Fiak himself because that's the culmination of six years or seven years being on and off the team, having a lot of setbacks, not really making it, working really hard. And then thought, and then he'd give it up in fairness, to be honest. And it was great yesterday that all the work, the perseverance and the thing showed off. And I was, look, I would have said to him, you might have won a, a medal yesterday, but like in fairness, it was more testament to your character, your resilience and your perseverance. Well, that's it, yeah. I think I think that's a that's a fair point. That he was marking Robbie McDade. Like you were watching on television. I'm gonna I'll get mm. to that. I'll get to that in a second. But Brendan Hackett was interviewed before the game, and it says, "Have you got a plan for Robbie McDade?" Um, you know, he scored one one in the semi final. Did you know yeah. that Fake was going to be on him, or you never you never find any of these, this information out? No, you? well, I, I don't talk to Fake the week of a game at all because do you know what I mean. You know, start to leave him alone, and I think it's worked really, really well. Um, uh, in terms of, yeah, I was talking to him this morning and, yeah, the plan was Fick would do his thing right, but any time Robbie McDade is going forward, he was to pick him up. And that was the, that was the plan. And he was told from the beginning that McDade, when he goes forward, he's yours. Right. So uh, maybe, you know what I mean, I'm sure Brendan won't want me saying that today. <laughs> cool. No. Well, it can't be found out today. It's it's too late for Belly Bowden at this stage. Come here, you were watching on the TV like the rest of us. That must have been a weird feeling there. Ah, yeah, Callum, Un- unreal, you know what I mean, sort of pacing the thing, smoking about 40 cigarettes, you know what I mean, climbing the walls, didn't sleep the night beforehand, well, it says it'd be great now I'll sleep last night, sure, I didn't sleep last night either because you were thinking about the game, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. like, when you, have a f- when you have a son or people playing, like, it is for parents, like, you just want your, to do themselves justice, and yesterday was one of those days where it all worked out absolutely perfectly. Yeah, it definitely did. Like, I mean, I suppose even seeing the two small brothers, like, I'm not a belly man. Ah, stop, yeah. Heartbreaking. I mean, yeah, look at Declan, their dad was, a, you know what I mean? Like, and we would have crossed swords a lot of the time, but he was, you know, at the end of the day, we both wanted the same thing, what we seen yesterday. Like, and the smalls have been through a, a long illness, and in fairness, you know what I mean? A lot of, a big journey, like, in terms of sickness and, uh, and a tragic death. Uh, of a young man, and you saw the outpouring of emotions. And look, at grief, and I hope don't wish it on anybody, grief is a very personal, difficult, spiritual and emotional journey. And you know what I mean? All the great occasions you'll have after a death tend to be tinged with a sadness, you know what I mean? That's right, yeah. because of the heightened emotions. And look, at they have a wonderful photograph there, and they, had a, they have a wonderful mother in Andrea and a wonderful sister as well, who should be remembered as well. But yeah. look at... Just like my brother, the last three chairmen are up there, Tom O'Donoghue, Sean, my brother, and Declan, you know what I mean? And I always say, Callum, now, in a philosophical way, I say, what would they want us to be doing? Like, they would want us to be going around and smiling our face and enjoying today, do you know what I mean? Because they'd be delighted if they were here. 
Yeah, because like you're, you're like I was calling you like it's like Leash versus Dublin in Croke Park, Ballymun taking on the likes of Ballyboden and Kilmacook Club based off based off the size of the club. Like it, it, you're a very small club in in terms of Dublin. Like and you continually bat above your weight. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at this. This all stems even from Andrew McCall and Jerry McCall's dad, Cyril McCall, a mad Monaghan man. Do you know what I mean? Who started street leagues way back in 1967 or 68. Do you know what I mean? And like that, like just a fanatical football man. And that was the basis of the first team that won the minor championship, the first championship in 1977, and went on to the great time of the 80s. And that built up a bit of a tradition. And we are a very small club, like and we are a very, but our big competitive advantages that we're just a football club Colin. Do you know, yeah. we don't do anything else like it's well, just football true. so we get twice as much football as a dual club players yeah so it, it is you know we, we were looking last we were looking last uh, Thursday Belly Bowden field 172 teams uh, Croaks field 160 and have 5,000 members like I think Ballymun have you know maybe 300 playing members and maybe four yeah, or yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you see, like, the problem is, and I not, I don't want to be critical of Ballyboden or Kilmacorders, that they're too big. And when you have a load of resources and a load of players, right, and you know you know from your playing days, right, that uh, expectations, so they go A, B, C, D. They could have four teams. And if you put, if you start labelling people, you're a, a D player. Everybody in the club starts saying, well, he's only on the Bs or the Ds. Like, so the sort of people don't come through and they drop off, you know what I mean? Whereas in Bannymoon, we can't afford people to be leaving. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We yeah. have to try to fill teams. And underage, we struggle. You know, when we get to 16, like, we're starting nearly pulling fellas from under, you know, the year under to make up teams, like, all the time, like, because, yeah, yeah and that's, that's the thing. We have one team at every age group. And when we get to 16, we're sort of doubling up. And that's the way it has been. And, you know, but like, there's a tradition now, you see. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, look look at the amount of medals. A lot of medals in Bally Moons. It's, it's nearly ridiculous. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know, it definitely, it definitely is. There's no, like, I mean, it, but that obviously added to the frustration that you weren't able to get over the line. Yeah, well, look at Colm, I'll be straight with you. And I know the lads would have thought this as well, you know. Um, like I said, this is a joke. Like I mean, this is the most underachieving team going. Like that last couple few finals, they've been beaten by Vincent's. You know, we got. You know what I mean? We've lost finals, and you're there and you're watching them last yesterday. I said it yesterday, man. I says we need, we have to win this one. We just have to win this because this team doesn't deserve with that talent to be classed as sort of thing. But it, like in fairness, they did show their character by winning it yesterday in such a with such a plum and brilliance and. And that's the type of thing. If I was to give one picture, that is what Ballymun's about. That has that was the team of the eighties nearly playing yesterday. Free flowing, give it a lash, play the game in a good spirit, horse into it, don't get involved, keep your discipline. Hugely proud today. They're yeah. magnificent. And James McCarthy is one of the greatest, most effective footballers in the last generation, without a question. And not alone is he great on the pitch, but his magni- magnificence and his his compassion and empathy for the smalls by calling them up to lift the cup yeah. is a true statement about the man. 
Yeah, no, that was lovely. That was that absolutely lovely. It must give you a lot of pride as well, considering that you're a small club and a family club. Like Brendan Hackett said after the game, that they're very much a family feel about it. I could I could name the names to you: the Leahys, the McCalls, the Rocks, mm. the Andrews. Like you had mm. no outsider playing, and a feature I've given out about this for ages, uh, Val. A feature of a lot of the Dublin clubs, probably because my own club Portleash hasn't been able to beat them. They'd always have a few bangers on the team, and you're like, "Geez, that's hardly fair." <laughs> That's hardly fair. They're strong enough. Ballymun have no had no outsiders. Only James Burke from Mayo, and he's been there since he was eighteen, and yeah, he, was, he didn't uh, start. He didn't start. He didn't play. No, that, that, and to be honest, you call me, your observation is completely right. I, I I was trying to figure out who was the last team to win a Dublin championship with just their own players, and I'll ask you that one too because I don't really know. I'm nearly going back to Erdens Oil. Yeah, that's you know what, what I'm mean? saying. I think that's roughly where it's at. In terms of, yeah, and I can see it from the Port Leash point of view. Well, to be honest, I was never fond of Port Leash because in 1982, he's better than the Leinster final. <laughs> but uh, to be honest, Port Leash have a savage, in fairness, a savage record in Leinster. Like, I mean, they did, like, you know, um, and they have to be admired. But, yeah, no, like, like Callum, let's be straight about it. Yeah, you'd say, like, most teams do have two or three imports. I mean, and that's the way it has been when we had nobody yesterday and that makes it all the more special. Yeah, it definitely does. What about Ballymun's ability to self-destruct? We saw none of that evidence. I, I, I didn't feel safe until there was about five minutes left. Saying, how, are they going, how are they going to manage to throw this away? Uh, yeah, we have a self-sabotage button, all right. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, look at the, the shape and the discipline and you know what I mean? Like, we learn from the semi-final. Do you know what I mean? Like, and there was one or two hard hits put in by Bally Bowden, and it didn't end up in, you know what I mean, a little bit of an old fucking melee. Like, you know what I mean? We kept our shape and kept our discipline, and that was brilliant. And that's that's what we're about. You know what I mean? Let's get this straight. Like, Bally Moon are about trying to play really, really nice football. Like, you know what I mean? And we're and and the the team culture and the spirit is huge there. Like, and I hate it. It's down to Brendan Hackett and. It's down to James, the leader. You know what I mean? The head wolf. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. the man. Yeah, do we give a shout-out to Simon Lawler, a friend of mine? Like, I mean, I... I oh, Jade, no. No, because if you, give him a mention, if you give him a mention, he'll be insufferable for about two weeks. Like, it'll be bad enough, like... He thinks his fingerprints are all over that win yesterday. Well, I told him that. Oh, well, no. <laughs> Whether his fingerprints are over or not, Callum, like, he's going to claim it anyway. <laughs> There's no doubt of that. Come here, Val. Thanks very much for taking the call. I appreciate it. Come here, Willie, you're always a good crack. Look, slot. Yeah, great stuff from Val there. The other huge surprise yesterday, Conan, was obviously Mount Bellew, my lock, knocking out Cora Finn. So Cora Finn had gone 49 games unbeaten and I immediately thought of the Invincibles Arsenal losing to Manchester United in Old Trafford when I was, reading, when I was looking at this. Um, being the staunch GEA man that I am and I'm thinking immediately of a soccer, um, a soccer analogy. It was Wayne Rooney's late goal that they um, put, this, put the icing on the cake for, for that win. But... Uh, that was it. So they've been beaten the last six uh, six years by Cora Finn. Like, I mean, they have a new manager this year, Val, Val Daly, the legend that is Val Daly, double all-star, and is John and uh, Michael's father. And we know Mount Bellew, my locks, kind of tactics against Cora Finn for the last few years have been, you know, go very, very defensive, and it's almost worked. Mm. But Val is, you know... Well, not changing them dramatically, not doing a poor choice on it, but definitely there has been a, an obvious 
change in trying to attack a little bit more and it definitely paid dividends for them then. That's it. Like we were saying this last week about how you have to attack now in football. Like you have to, you have to score. I remember Michael Murphy said that about Dublin at the start of this year. Like you know, you can't beat them without scoring. I think it was two nineteen or something that he he gave. And like when you're playing Cardiff in the best club team in Ireland, how can you beat them without scoring more than them? And like yes, you obviously you want to sort of watch everything they have, but it's it's all useless if you're not getting the most out of Owen Finnerty and Barry McHugh and like the two of them what got eleven points between them yesterday. So that's obviously yeah. a, a perfect balance that they hit. Owen Finnerty got six from playing. I've, I've been trying to find out this morning was it off Liam Silk that he got them off, but I haven't got it confirmed yet because he was full forward. Liam Silk was uh, picked full back, but we don't know because we didn't exactly see the game and I couldn't find it out. But I, Owen Finnerty is interesting. I actually thought. It was Robert Finnerty who broke onto the county panel this year. His father is Anthony Finnerty, but it's not. This is Owen Finnerty, and he's about 24. He's been unlucky with injuries the past few seasons, and he's been in and off the county squad. So, like, he's meant to be a really, really good player. And like we said, um, uh, Michael Daly, he plays midfield, midfield, and Barry McHugh, like you just mentioned. So they're a good team. And there's something a little bit exciting about seeing what Mount Bellew my luck are. We've seen Curafin for so long and they don't hammer Mount Bellew my luck. They didn't hammer Tune Stars. They could have been beaten by both of them in recent years. And wouldn't it be nice to see how good these teams are that they just haven't been able to get over the line against the best club team in history? Like, yeah, if the All Ireland or the Provincial Series was still in play, like you know, how far would they now go on? Because yeah. I remember like this is what started uh Slock Neal's surge because they had only won one dairy title before. But then they won it in 2014, and Ballanderry had just won the Ulster the year before. Zach Neil had now won Derry, beat Ballanderry in the final. So obviously, when you beat the Ulster champions, you're thinking, well, let's let's kick on. They won Ulster, they got to the All Ireland final, and and like you know, the rest is history. So Mike Bellew, my luck beating Corrifin, like they would now be thinking, yeah, well, we're up there. We've just beaten the best club side in Ireland. Remember, the last team to beat them was Doctor Crooks back in 2017. So yeah. you know, it is as you say, it's interesting to see what can become of them. Yeah, they now face Mike Cullen, who beat Shum Stars. That would have been a bit of a surprise, probably, in the other semi-final. It's Mike Cullen's first final since 1977. So it's a novel final. Um, be nice to see that one um, on television. In the intermediate final, Cartoon beat Dunmore. This is Derek Savage's club, Cartoon. He's not playing um, anymore. But the big controversy last week was all about Adrian Varley. And the, the Galway County Board did a number on Adrian Varley, really. Like, I mean, he had... He had been a uh, he had been told that one of his students in school had tested positive. He was seen as a close contact. He tested negative, um, but still was told he had to self isolate for fourteen days. And the Galway County Board fixed the game on the eleventh of the fourteen days where he had to self-isolate. Now, I have to say, only maybe Adrian Farley, because he's a school teacher, had to do things by the book. You have a negative test and you're 11 days without any symptoms. You're grand. What are you doing? Go out and play the bloody game. Like, Christ, that's a bit too much for me now. But at the same time, Cartoon still won. So it was nice to see. I think a lot of neutrals, because um, Dunmore wouldn't agree to change the game a little bit longer. So it was nice to see them getting their comeuppance, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And like, what was it, the 30th he was supposed to be back? Yeah. Like, that would have been 14 days. And I didn't realize he was the captain of the team as well. Like, So that probably really, really stung all of them. And the fact that they they put the game back initially, it's like, yeah. what, what are you putting it back for if, if, if he can't play anyway? So they could have just done it on a Wednesday night. I think that was the, the statement that they put out that you said we expected it to be on the 30th. But, um, yeah, no, it's good to see them in the final. 
It is. East Kerry won easily again. I'm not too sure I can get on this East Kerry kind of, you know, domination. Like I saw a quote from Paul Murphy um, after the game. This wasn't on the radar. In an ideal world, we, Ratmore, would have liked to play senior. Um, once this became a, ra- a reality, all the Ratmore guys involved went at it 100%. So, like, I mean, there's six Ratmore lads joined East Kerry who'd won the county title. So six more uh, players from a club that had just come down from senior. Like, there is an element of this just not being fair, um, if we're being honest, Conan. Like, I mean, uh, how many are East Kerry going to win at this rate? They look way too strong. Paul Murphy is saying something like, in an ideal world, I wouldn't even be playing with the... <laughs> I wouldn't even be playing with the... You know, do we just leave it to the junior clubs? Because Kerry only have 12 senior teams. You're looking at a team that could be 13th in line in the Kerry Championship, now going back to bump up East Kerry with, with a whole load more teams. Yeah, or like you maybe not leave it to the junior clubs, but if you've just come down and you can't, you can't play. Or... Yeah, you have to be intermediate two or three years, maybe or something like yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, be an intermediate club. But East Kerry are the champions, and then they're just adding on a, a big senior club to them with a lot of like, good players. And you go through the team, and it's just like this is like a super club almost. Like you know, it's just the the spine they have is frightening. The the amount of selection they have, the people they're bringing off the bench, it's a. Uh, as you say, it's hard to get on board with. I, I can't see them being one of your picks for a while, but then that's no. why we keep winning. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they keep winning. David Clifford's goal. Um, oh, Jesus, like, I mean, what kind of a bullet? What's wrong with this fella? Off his weaker foot from 21 metres out and he sticks it in the top corner to the point where, like, watching the goalkeeper, he didn't even put his hand up. That's how fast this bullet from 21 uh, from the 21-yard line off his weaker foot into the top corner. Now, he looked like a very small goalkeeper. There's no way he was getting up to it. But at the same time, just when you watch the goalkeeper, his reaction, he didn't even move. Maybe it was the shock. He's hardly shooting from there. Yeah. You know, that, and then the speed of the rocket. That This David Clifford, he's just, he's a freak. I'm telling you, I've said it loads of times. When he's finished playing, we'll talk about him, like, at the things that we'll have seen him do and like no other player. I think so. Well, he's already won two All Stars in two years. Like it'd be hard to see him perform in a year where he's not up at All Star standard. Do you know? He's just, uh, just incredible. And and you're right. Like the keeper, somebody had tweeted me to say, "Oh, you know, the keeper didn't do too well." I was like, give me a break. Like, how would the keeper have seen that? Like the the power he put on it with his right foot and the accuracy it's straight off the post. He stump. He saw the net, like the bottom of the net, rattle, and like he's taking it on the turn. And it's just bang, it's past the keeper with such accuracy. Like, I think we can forgive the keeper there for being completely shocked, as you say. Yeah, no, definitely we can. Absolute heartbreak for Lockmore Casalini. Uh, geez, I feel very bad for, for these fellas. They were beaten by a last minute point by Clummel Commercials. We all know um, last week they lost to a last minute goal or the last puck of the game goal in extra time in the Hurling County final. They were a point up. And um, Kiladangan won it with the very last puck of the game and scored a goal. Lockmore then come into the football final the week after. They're six points down at halftime. Lockmore, Castellani are not going to throw in the towel. They get it back to a draw. And then a, then a, a, a last minute of normal time point um, loses it for them. Like I cannot even... And we know that it's practically the same. The two teams are, are almost identical bar two or three... Um, different players. So, like, I mean, Jesus, I don't know, Conan, to lose one, to lose two in two weeks, uh, senior county finals, just absolute heartbreak, especially when these fellas would have been dreaming of a double, one that they've done before, and they end up with nothing. 
Yeah, and there's a there's a picture of Noel McGrath um, being comforted by the manager, Frankie McGrath, and like it's honestly heartbreaking. You can just tell that he's going through that of having lost both of them in a week and, and, and such a, such tough circumstances. Like he looks inconsolable. He's just his face is in his hands. The manager's bending down over the top of him and just grabbing him tightly. It's honestly your, your heart would go out. And then when I saw the Michael Quinn living goal and him just carrying the ball from 65 meters down the wing and the whole way in, you talk about Kev McMenamin against Scaries. Like this was a it's just more impressive, I'd say. And when it's a one-point game, it's like, what a what a differentiator. Oh, you saw that goal? I didn't see that goal. I saw it. See, initially, I thought it was an old clip because of these old Offaly jerseys that were that, that they were wearing, Clonmel commercials. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, the ball was in the midfield. I think it's a kick-out. And it gets broken down. Someone just fisted to Michael Quinn living, and he's 65 metres out on the right-hand side. And he just blazes a trail. Somebody's following him and doing really well. But he, he just can't can't keep up with him, and Quinn Levin just cuts inside, and he sort of with the top of his foot just puts it into the near right hand post. Right, right, very good. Well, listen, that's uh, well, we know what Michael Quinn Levin um can do, and he's only back. Like he wouldn't have been playing this year in a normal year, wouldn't he? Not he would have been uh he would have been away. I'm fairly sure, wasn't it? This year he was he was gone only yeah. for the the coronavirus. He was he was definitely gone. The Cavan County final was a great match on Saturday night. Um, this ended at this ended in a draw. You called Porrick Faulkner scoring a goal, Colin. I have to say, like, I mean, that was an outstanding piece of analysis last Thursday. <laughs> I was actually hoping that Willie would bring this up, so I, <laughs> I wouldn't have to bring it up myself. But um, like the body language of him was great. Like he was wearing number fourteen, playing around the middle. But um, gee, he looked like a proper forward just the way he took up the defender's position and nice finish. He was left into the top corner as well. Like that's. That's what we come to expect from both Porrick Faulkner and my analysis, I suppose. <laughs> it definitely is. Listen, Porrick Faulkner is to forward play what your analysis is um, here. Listen, you can put, you can set your clock by it. Do, do, like the, this again, we kind of keep the same team of the way Gaelic football is going. And three or four years ago, the Cavan County final would be a. a you wouldn't be watching it unless you were paid to watch it. Like this was a great lively game where one team takes a lead, the other team pegs them back, gets ahead. And then we have the late um, equaliser by Mark Stewart. Kind of, you know, the excitement's at fever pitch at that stage. And it's a little lob ball, which seems to be hanging in the air for an eternity as two men run in different directions to gather it. And it's like, whoever gets to this, a split second before the other. Either this is being caught and a man's tearing out the field with it or it's being caught the other way and a man could kick a point with it. <laughs> like, I have to say, I was almost um, disappointed with Kingscourt because they came from seven down after, like, what, 20-odd minutes, six down in the second half and and then they were ahead. They, they should have won that ball from the kickout initially, but they were a bit sloppy with it. The tackling was a bit lackadaisical. I was like, there's, like, 10 seconds left. Like, just foul somebody or something and... As you say, a lob ball, the two men going for it. Neither of them ended up getting it. It was cut out by the midfielder who just who just went charging through. Great equaliser in the end. But I just, ah, oh, Kings Court, to get themselves into that position, I thought they would have seen it out, especially after so long of not winning. Yeah, and the draw, like, I mean, I don't know where the Cavan County board listening to the show last week, Conan, but, like, I mean, they've, they've, would, like, I mean, a replay is fair now. These two teams, it's affecting no other teams. The only person would be Mickey Graham kind of saying, geez, I don't have these lads for another week. Is another week the end of the world, you know, in the bigger scheme of things? And is it better next week, go to penalties, whatever way you want? But, like, I mean, we're still in September. Other counties are having county finals on the 4th of October. That's why my argument with the Tyrone County final, would that it would have been the end of the world for Mickey Hart if if now he had every one of his players this week rather than last week? I don't think so. You're probably right because I I think I said that about Mickey Hart last week and and then I thought about it like you would be 
prepare for a county final for another week, you know, and playing against a team at your level for, for another game. So, like, what harm is that? You'd be coming into training sharper than other people. You've just played two county finals. Um, and, like, as you say, it's, it's the fairest way of doing it. I do think if, if there's no no winner after a replay, then it has to be done. But especially in this year as well, like, it's an extra week of football for everybody and another day out for everybody in Cavan to go and watch. Yeah, and another payday for the county board through the subscription channel. You know, they're not going to make too many with the 200 at the in at the game. But, you know, they're, they're starting to make a little bit more from the subscription. So they could, you know, it could be an extra few quid for them as well. But anyways, um, you know, Cavan County Board definitely, I think, have, have made the right decision there. In Loudnave, Martin beat RD St. Mary's. This is the first ever um, county championship for Nave Martin. They lost the last two finals um, to Newtown Blues. So, like, I mean, imagine the pressure they were going on, on into today's match, right? So, Newtown Blues would have been, would be the biggest, probably the biggest team in Loud. And they lost two finals. They'd never won it before. Imagine losing three finals, having never won it before. You're getting to a stage where you're complete losers at that stage then, and your heads will completely be gone. So, like, I mean, they were under a lot of pressure, um, especially because they lost the Newtown Blues by only a pint two years ago and only by a goal uh, last year. So, they've been close enough. But, like, I mean, still not able to get over the line. But they did yesterday. So, congratulations to them, uh, Nave Martin. JP Rooney came on for them, Con. And I don't know if you remember much about JP Rooney. I said, Jesus, JP Rooney came on in 48 minutes. That lad must be as old as me. And so I went to check it. He was born in 1979. He's one year younger than me. So he's 41, um, winning his first ever county title for his club ever and hung around. Hung <laughs> around. He's, he's, you know, he's just. Clearly, that determined that we can do this. I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait till I'm 51, lads. Just win it. We have to win it soon. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, especially when the team's coming and you can tell that they're they're there. You don't want to be leaving and, and knowing that they could win it the year that you, that you go. So, for, 41. So, one year younger than you, 10 years younger than Colonel Keenan. <laughs> a fair play to Keeney he started the game brilliantly as well like he kicked two and he was Ballymun made that change Philly had been on him and Keeney was given Philly all he wanted of it until the switch cornerbacks and then uh, and they were able to tighten it up a little bit at that. Well, then Ballymun probably took it all took it over at that stage in Westmead St. Lomans there loads of county finals so I can't really mention anything outside the county finals and we don't really have time to go into detail um, on all of them and we haven't seen enough of them anyways but St. Lomans beat Terrell's pass after extra time again extra time I've, there's never been a club championship like this it's just yeah. unbelievable so uh, St. Lomans by far the better team in this game Terrell's pass um, uh, got goals then you're coming into extra time and Tyrrell's pass get a goal against the run of play. Lomans the better team to go a point up and looks like they're going to snatch it. And St. Lomans get a free way out on the left-hand side. John Hestland standing over the free. Now he robs a few yards, you'd have to say. There's definitely a bit of trash talking going on to, to John Hestland before he takes this free because I haven't seen John Hestland do this before. John Hestland took the free. I don't know, have you seen this? They had been doing the, had been doing the rounds. John Hestland took the free. And the minute he left his boot, he put his two hands up in the air. He knew this was going over and because it, it was from a tight angle. And he walked straight up to the fellow who had been in front of him and, and let him know that that ball has gone over the bar. So it was, <laughs> it was all going on. And then Lomans won it um, in extra time. So there you go. That, that's amazing, actually, because I was telling Connor last week after he lost the intermediate final that I, I had a dream that night. 
after they had lost that they lost, but John Heslin was playing for the other team and he had scored a last minute free and, and I was consoling Connor afterwards, going, Well, sure, what do you expect? John Heslin was playing <laughs> So it's it's great to see that, but as the ball's hanging in the air as well, just that confidence of knowing, like what do you what do you think about that? Listen listen to the roar here now as it drops over. Yeah. It's an, uh, it must be an unbelievable final. Derry Gonnelly trying to win six in a row for Man, a big, huge um, upset there. Um, he Derry uh, won the title for the first time in 52 years. Am I pronouncing that club right, Conan? You asking me? Yeah, I'd say you are, Derry. Derry, yeah. St. Joseph's Derry um, beat um, Derry Gonnelly. We know how good Derry Gonnelly are. Um, they did really well in the Ulster Club a couple of years, especially last year. So, like, I mean, the Ederni must be a decent uh, club team. I don't know too much about that game because I didn't see it in Wexford. The Shell Maliers are finally out, Con, and I can finally, I can finally make the statement now after making it incorrectly a few weeks ago. That split season doesn't work, Con, and the Shell Maliers are out. You can't do it. <laughs> it's like eight weeks later. Like, yeah, they just, <laughs> it might be this week, but that's going to catch up on them. I'll tell you. <laughs> you can't do the split just go on alternate weekends like I don't let these things go I've been looking out for Shell Maliers ever since especially when I made a balls of it and thought they were out a few weeks ago um, they were beaten by uh, Starlights and interestingly their fullback in hurling Liam Ryan you'd say he might be even an attacking fullback at this stage the way Wexford hurlers are playing he scored two goals I, t- I tell you it's a great dual county because St Martins were, were in the other semi-final um, they lost at the Castletown. It was Rory O'Connor sticking over points for them. Like they are really a good dual county uh, Wexford. When you see other counties, kind of you know, um, players sticking to one one code or the other. So that was the that's the only semi finals we're covering here. Everything else has been county finals, and I hope we haven't left um, too many out because uh, there's just there's there's just so much to cover. Before we go, a big shout out to the Portlaoise ladies team. I won the first ever county title. That might sound hard for you to believe, uh, Conan, considering how dominant um, the the men have been. They never won the county title before and they beat Sarsfields, who were going for eight in a row. Um, and they've been closing the gap. They lost a couple of finals to Sarsfields. They've been closing the gap. They beat them in the group phase uh, this year and then go again and beat them in a county final. So outstanding stuff from the Portish uh, ladies. Ashley Cleo scored 1-3. Uh, big shout-out to my cousin and godchild Fiona Dooley, who mans the midfield, uh, Conan, for Portish uh, ladies. She'd be a daughter now of Mick Dooley, who was a legendary player for Portish as well. I'm really getting the shout-outs into the show here. <laughs> <laughs> is, she, is she a similar player to you, or what's the story? Similar player, no, more uh, midfielder. Like I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say she's a similar player to me, but uh, definitely a good player and one of the most important players um, on that team. Definitely since since she started playing. So fantastic stuff from Portlaoise uh, ladies, and now go on and win maybe their eight in a row or ten in a row, which the men which the men couldn't uh, couldn't do. Right, we'll leave it there, Conan, and we'll come back with the hurling and Brian Carroll. You're out of here. All these changes were brought around to help the clubs, as what was said, and the solution that came up with was to play more inter-county matches. I suppose you have no hurling in your hand, you have to kick it. So I don't know what I was doing trying to curl. <laughs> I tell you, there were a lot of people would have been happy if I took that ball and second slammed it. I took that. <laughs>
Hurling second uh, this week, Brian, probably because there was only a few, kind of a handful of games in comparison to football. I'm running out of things to say about Belly Hill Shamrocks. It's like Carl Finn in the football. What else can we add to anything that has set, been said before? It's getting freaky now, um, what they scored yesterday and the kind of demolition of like a good, solid team in Kilkenny, albeit they didn't show up in the day. Yeah, they weren't let show up in the day, to yeah. be fair. Like, oh, just, you're right. Like, what do you say about Bally Hale? They're just phenomenal. And to think they've, they did that yesterday and all year without Michael Fenley retiring, obviously, and then Adrian Mullen out injured. Yeah. Um, Michael Fenley retiring has probably given a new lease of life to Richie Reid. Like, he has been outstanding. Brilliant, yeah. Because, you know, a lot of their games have been shown on, on TG Carter. So you've seen, you've seen them a couple of times or, you know, you can see the, the, the links, obviously. I think he's been excellent. He has to be an option for Brian Cody on that half back line for Kilkenny at the moment. Like his athleticism is second to none. Uh, his feeling ability is is excellent as well, and he's obviously he's striking particularly off his left side. Um, you know, and being a keeper, obviously he, he has a good long poke of the ball. So look, he has all the attributes to I think to slot into that half back line. I'm not sure about the centre back role, but you never know. Look, he's he's definitely good enough to, to play in that half back line for Kilkenny at the moment. Well, if you if you're doing a comparison between the two centre half backs yesterday, you would think Reed is the inter county player and Buckley is the club player. Like, I mean, is as as has he ever been in with the county? He's in there as, as sub keeper. So Oh, he's you know, in he, as a sub keeper. Yeah, yeah. So like that's one thing that Kilkenny try to do you know what I mean they, they might have an option of them coming out the field as well right um, so yeah look it's 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 certainly an option that I think they should be pursuing in terms of seeing him what he's like out the field but yeah look Killian Buckley had a tough day at the office but at the same time we'll, we'll give him some reprieve yeah, he is Mark and TJ Reid yeah, that's the thing. He kind of let TJ read off. He was caught in possession a few times. Like James O'Connor said after the game, the first 10 minutes, there was just a relentless work rate throughout. And that was from number one all the way to 15. They just put in a markable work rate and came out um, on the right result at the end. And TJ mentioned that in his interview after the match as well, all about work rate. I swear, like, I mean, when you have a team that don't seem to have egos like Ballyhale and are willing to put in that work, because a lot of teams that are as brilliant as them are a little bit like, maybe iffy about that about that kind of work when you marry the two of them together you come up with the result that we got yeah but sure look in the first 10 minutes we were talking off air saying it was over after 12 minutes but like there was two scores in particular um, Owen Cody dispossessed the corner back you know with just a lovely flick yeah. and uh, uh, it was um, Owen Reid then picked up the, 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 the loose ball and fired it over the bar and then obviously the first goal which effectively killed the game off after 12 minutes you know um, it was Colin Fenley TJ Reid was in there Owen Cody was in there and they dispossessed, uh, I think it was Killian Buckley coming out with the ball and it just fell to Brian Cody and he just obviously rifled it to the back of the net. But it was mad. You know, like I, I was texting into a group of mates that I'd be following and I know, knew some of them weren't watching it and I was like, oh, the game over here after 12 minutes. And then later on in, in the water break, I was like, oh, look, it's 216 to, to whatever it was, nine points or something. I said, game over. Next minute it was like 316. 416, yeah. 516, like th- three messages in a row, like goal, goal, goal. Like it was just unbelievable stuff. A bit like the, it reminds you of the kind of Napierschick Dune final where it's just like, it was almost like, ah, oh, geez, blow this up. This is cruel now at this stage. You know, there's just, yeah. it's, it's not even. Colin Fenley got one of the most Colin Fenley goals you'll ever see. Like he nearly has to have a trademark on getting the ball in space, turning, bullying past his man, like running through him and throwing the ball up in front of him and scoring a kind of an unorthodox kind of finish past the goalie yeah like you're it's like he's probably a real throwback to like 70s hurling like you know Tony Dorn or even Christy Heffernan for Kilkenny back in the 80s as well like just a big man big unit 
just can't seem to be stopped when he gets that type of ball. Yeah. Um, and you know, look, and he and he missed. He was very disappointed with himself later on. He probably should have had another goal. It was one and one. Good save by the keeper in Fairston, but he was disgusted with himself for missing it. And look, all good forwards are like that. But it's mad. They threw TJ in then to full forward for you know maybe the last ten minutes, and then you realise how good TJ is even inside as well. And you forget that Kilkenny used to play him there too, um, particularly around 2010, 2011, You know, so a couple of those, or even later on, twenty fourteen. Um, couple of big performances of full forward he used to have as well and, you know he, he offers obviously something different than Colin he's able to come out and win ball out in front and you know turn left or right and fire balls over the bar whereas obviously Colin Fenley has the has that just killer instinct for goals head down and just it, it takes two or three to take him down yeah right, definitely and Owen Cody's last goal was just pure class and they've class all over the field um, it, it's unbelievable What what is James Connor's stamp on the team being like I mean I don't like I know the, the Richie Reid at centre back has been enforced he had to do something like that he had to replace Adrian Mullen like the only thing I can see he shuffled around is putting Evan Shefflin into midfield am I right on that or has yeah, he made yeah yeah like look I think I think you're right but but why change something that, that isn't no, broken? Yeah. Like, you know, why fix it? You often see teams do that. I know um, I get frustrated and I've seen our own club team do that. You know, you win a county final next year after and it's all changed and certain lads have to get a chance and all this. No, that's rubbish. Like, you know, look, Kenny at their pump, maybe one or two switches if lads were in form. You know, you see the same for Tipperary and Limerick. You know, sometimes if you rotate a little bit too much and particularly at club level you just don't have them no disrespect to anyone you just don't have the numbers down through the, uh, when you move past 17 or 18 so look I think in fairness to James O'Connor the, the, the biggest thing he had to do was keep them motivated um, and he doesn't seem to have any problem from that perspective because a lot of it seems to be intrinsic yeah, and like I mean, they're up to eighteen titles now. Tullerone have two. Like I mean, they're going past Tullerone before Tullerone win another one. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, you said they're Tullerone of two. Tullerone of twenty. Sorry, they're two oh, off. They've eight. They've yeah, eight. Yeah, uh, Ballyhale have eight. Eighteen now. Sorry if I yeah, made yeah. a balls of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, two off them. Yeah. Look, it's hard to see Tullerone um, get up there and, and challenge, but. Like Ballyhale seem to be getting stronger and stronger because what they have done in fairness to them is brought in a lot of youth. It's their we know about their marquee players down through the centre. You know, Joey Holden, a rock at full back. Michael Fenley's gone, Richie Reed's replaced him. Then you've TJ and Colin, like they're excellent hurlers. But it's the likes of Brian Cody that's excelling. You know, yeah. Evan Shefflin, as you said, um, Ronan Corkin, Dara Corkin, you know, they've slot in seamlessly. I know Dara Corkin's kind of been there, but you know, these these guys are just, you know. They're as good as any club hurlers around, um, and I think that's probably what's what keeps them above above the rest at the moment. But you, you talked about it last week, and it's probably a big time to point again. Wouldn't we love to see a club championship? Because yeah. after seeing that from Ballyhale yesterday and the Pearshig, like uh, I see Six Mile Bridge after their win yesterday again, they're calling them for the the Munster Championship to be played as well, maybe in January or February. Um, it would have been one hell of a year for a club championship because it seemed to be that all the kind of the real big guns they didn't get caught in the hurling this year. You know, um, I know Cara Finn got caught in the football yesterday, but the big guns in the hurling all seemed to get through. So there was a, it actually would have lent itself to a really, really good um, provincial and, and all Ireland series. You wonder, looking at Dixborough, how they were double league champions there, wouldn't you? Like, I mean, they took four of their forwards off, three of them off after 33 minutes. I think is it Darren Mullen deserves a shout out as well. He put Bill Sheehan in his pocket after an air, after an early score. Like, I mean, how how could a team to get to this? I know about how brilliant Bally Hale are, but like, I mean, James Stevens were able to put it up to them. Dixborough, there was no real spark or fight or, you know, there was nothing about them at all. Up front, they were completely, you know, lightweight. 
Yeah, well, look, the league final, I wouldn't lay too much weight in that. Um, you know, Ballyhale just did enough in the group stages to make sure that they qualified. And look, everyone's still in the championship in, in Kilkenny. I know they all, no one wants to lose games. But, you know, they ended up playing the league final against the Lachlan's, who would have played in the semi-final, and they won that after uh, penalties after extra time. So, yeah. The league final doesn't, you know, it's great to win them, but it doesn't count for a whole lot in Kilkenny. It's all about championships. So we saw Ballyhale last year after being All-Ireland champions. You know what I mean? They finished, I think it was bottom of the group and they were in relegation semi-final yeah. slash first round of the championship. And, you know, they went on to win the All-Ireland out of it. So, you know, it's just the way the Kilkenny championship is. You know, look, they didn't spark. Let's, yeah, let's call it as it is. They had, but they're, they are a level below... Um, you know, um, Ballyhale at the moment. Just a note on James Stevens. You're 100% right. Look, James Stevens really put it up to him. But look, that comes back maybe to, and, and you know, you don't want to be promising people, but, but it does come back to the cleverness of, of Cheddar as manager. You know, he he puts in place a system that makes it really, really difficult for the opposition to play. He, he prides himself on that. He's not a player to play a sweeper. You know, a dynamic sweeper that we talk about, you know, bursting up the field as well. Very hard to counteract that. So, you know, to be fair to, to Cheddar and what he got out of that um, James Stevens team, I think that was you know absolutely excellent. But you know Cheddar's always thinking and trying to think of maybe as a way of undoing that Ballyhill team, and he almost did it. You know, yeah, no, he definitely did. Like I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. We we seen him slumped over the fence. Uh, it was definitely a. a I don't know what word to use to describe it when he was just bent over the fence. Like I think the poor man was exhausted after watching that game. I think we all we all were. Come here, Six Mile Bridge um, won back to back titles. So Callaghan Mills they were looking to win it for the first time since thirty seven. Uh, one sided final. Um, it would have to be said. Like I mean, um, interesting that Six Mile Bridge hadn't retained it since the early nineties. Like I mean, the Clare Championship eleven. Wait, you hear this stat? Eleven teams have. 11 different teams have won the Clare Championship since since 2000. Like, isn't that an incredible stat? And, like, I mean, Six Mile Bridge, do you, do, do, I think it was Cush, is it Cush, Cushin? Uh, Cushin, yeah. Cushin won back-to-back, um, the last ones to do it. It's just an incredibly competitive championship. Oh, it is. And to be fair, and even if you go back into the 90s, it was an incredible um, competitive championship because, you know, you had a couple of All-Ireland winners out of that. You know, yeah. you had, and, and, and maybe winning Munster, you know, you had Clare Castle, you had St. Joseph's Sarah Byfield, you, you had Six Mile Bridge back then as well, you had Wolf Tones. All those teams were, you know, obviously that was on the back of the success of the Clare team in, in the 90s. But you're right, look, it's, it's, it's a brilliant championship. Callum and Mills were in a relegation playoff last year and got from that to the, to the county final this year. But Six Mile Bridge probably have a little bit of a stronghold on that championship at the la- you know at the moment. If I'm right in saying, I think they've won five out of the last eight championships. Yeah. As you said, it's the first time they've won it back to back. But look, they're, look again, we're talking about a, another genius of a manager. Well, he, he wasn't the manager; he's a, he's a coach. But Davy Fitz, his stamp is all over that team. You know, they're very very difficult to play against. The, you know. Um, they carry the ball really, really well. The, the, the use of the distribution, you know, it doesn't matter to them if they're playing against the wind or with the wind, um, you know, because they use the ball really, really intelligently um, and they defend in numbers. And, and you know, the likes of Shed Namori there is is brilliant. You know, he, he's able to be a band marker, but he's able to get up the field as well and actually offer something going forward. So, look, that, that six-mile bridge team are excellent. It's amazing, you know, you know, they're calling for the Munster Championship to be played and, and they're right. Like, like I understand why they're looking for it because they're probably disappointed over what happened last year because Bally Gunner went down to Six Mile Bridge last year and absolutely destroyed him, you know, and won that game comfortably enough last year. So 
I'd say you can understand why they're mad for road and trying to get back and maybe redeem themselves after last year's championship. Well, it it is interesting that uh, that you say that because, like, I mean, Tim Crow was talking after the game and he says this is our fifth title in eight years and they still get no credit. This is probably the greatest bridge team ever because they've won five titles in eight years. The best they ever done was three titles in ten years before. Now. I'm like, Jesus, Tim, now, take off the rose-tinted glasses. Like, I mean, they've won five titles in eight years. They've made no real impression on Munster. Like, I mean, you have to take this. They won an All-Ireland Club in 1996, won, won the Clare Championship in, in 92, 93, and 95. Like, I mean, are you going to try and tell me that this six-mile bridge team is better than the All-Ireland Munster and three-time county champions in the space of... <laughs> give me a break here. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you, by the way. You can see, though, look, he's just heated, I suppose, after the match. It, it comes back to maybe what we are talking about last week. You know, in the Pearsheek, and they're looking for, you know, a reason to be to be angry before the game. You know, you're looking for that agenda yeah. that, to try and fire them. And I suppose that's what, from from Tim's perspective, I, I can only imagine that's what they were doing, saying that, you know, no one's giving them respect and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, that maybe just came out in the, in the interview. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I take your point. Like I, they haven't done it in Munster. They just simply have not. So they couldn't be. If you were to look at it um, without rose in the glasses, as you say, they couldn't be compared to that team that won the All Ireland. Yeah, no, I see where Tim's motivation is. Like he's their manager, and he's a huge loyalty to them, and he wants them to get credit. But like, I mean, don't don't, don't overdo it, Tim. Like, I mean, that, yeah. no one's going to buy that one. Um, <laughs> you know, but like, I mean, they're they're the, they're the two county finals. There was some great excitement in the in the Cork uh, semi finals. Like, I mean, uh, Glen Rovers looked like they were in big trouble at halftime. They were two six to seven. Um, down to Aaron's own, who beat my team Sarsfields in the last round. Uh, Brian, I'm a big Sarsfields man this year. Um, since I just read a little bit about them and f- real or came to the conclusions that I like this crowd. Um, UCC were beaten by Blackrock after extra time, 34 points to 326, 63 scores. Um, ended up with a one point win over 80 minutes of hurling. This is the village of Blackrock versus the League of Nations of UCC. <laughs> Oh, and like that scoring's off the charts, isn't it? Look, I, yeah. I know, I know, Parky Creeve lends itself to that. It's a real, you know, the pitch is obviously much improved than what it was over the last couple of years, and but it's real open spaces, and you know that's it probably lends itself. And that, I think it's the nature of car hurling as well. And you hear a lot of car people give out about um, maybe the openness of car hurling, and that you know, it's it, there's a lot of freeze given, and it, it lends itself that it's stop start nature, but um. You know, look, I can't comment on, on the weekend because I didn't see either of the games. Uh, but, you know, it's it's a big, big chance for Blackrock. Like, that's a massive win to actually beat UCC. As you said, League of Nations, they're all the call on likes of Cormac Boylan after winning the county final last week in the Pearsheek. Yeah. Along with, another, you know, a couple of other county stars. And, um, you know, you're, you're talking uh, Conway from Kerry. And, you know, I know Paddy Cadell was... Yeah, Mark, yeah, that's Mark Coleman. You're, you're talking Paddy Cadell, I know, was down there as well. I'm not sure if he played at the weekend, but you know, like they're at the call on those players. Um, it's a tough one. Uh, you can see why some people are for it and some people are against it. Personally, I don't think they should be in it, but look, it's their championship and they can do what they want. But here's, but, the, here, here's the thing about that, though, Brian, right? So Tom Kenny was talking afterwards. He says, we got 34 points. He's the UCC manager. We got 34 points today. We probably needed one goal chance, uh, but these guys have been fantastic. A lot of them have won two Fitzgibbon Cup medals and they've distinguished careers ahead of them. And I was thinking, like, I don't know whether, because, like, I loved uh, Sigerson Cup and, you know, I, obviously in turn would put a huge stock in Fitzgibbon Cup because, you know, once you've played it, you have a you have a huge opinion of it. Is 
are they overrated? Here's BlackRock, who haven't won the Cork Championship since 2002. Were beaten by Immokilly three years ago in the county final. You know, not the best team in Cork, um, but one of the better teams beating UCC. Like, we're not talking that this is Ballyhill Shamrocks beating UCC. This is, you know, one of the top four or five teams in Cork beating them. Like, are we yeah. overplaying how good the colleges are? No, because if you remember, there's a simple thing there where, like Shane Kingston, this in Hurland. Um, they're, it's given, you know, so they're, they're playing senior hurling in Cork so then they can't play with UCC but right. if you're playing intermediate or junior you know what I mean you can play with UCC so I suppose they don't have the exact same team that would have played in the Fitzgibbon you know and some lads won't make themselves available when they're playing with other counties maybe if they're on a scholarship they have to but you know you know, sometimes they could be injured or carrying knocks or in with the county or whatever and they're not released. So, you know, yeah. there is, a, I suppose, a lot of other factors at play. But, um, you know, if that UCC team that lined out in that Fitzgibbon final had their full team, it'd be very hard to see that team stopped in club championship. You know? Yeah, OK. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you said that there because you've uh, you've definitely corrected me there. Like, it, it is a situation where players won't make themselves available and it's very hard for them to train with all the commuting yes. and everything. So they're course, probably just yeah. throwing the team together, you know, and it, like you say, it's not their full team. No, it's not. And, you know, it's, it's hard to get a run on it, you know, that kind of way, from their perspective. And then, look, it is all about the Fitzgibbon. And you know, certain players won't have the same respect or, or, or grow for that the Cork Championship. You know, if you're from Tipperary, you're from Kilkenny, it'd be nice to win it. But, uh, you know, it's not going to be your burning ambition to, to say that you won a Cork Championship. You know, no, so, no. so, you know, and if you're maybe borderline with the Tipperary panel or Kilkenny panel and, you know, maybe they've trained and it might be at this particular moment, but, you know, in general years, um, you know, and, or they have a league game coming up or something like that, you know, you're going to go with your county first because you're not going to bite off the hand of Fiji from that perspective. Yeah. On the other it? side, Glen Rovers, in fairness to them, um, I saw some of this. Um, they showed massive fight to come back into that. Um, you know, Patrick Horgan with 14 points, but it's a, it's a lot more than just Patrick Horgan. I know he hits headlines and he's class, don't get me wrong, but Glen Rovers have a very, very solid team. You know, they have good hurlers all over the field. Um, and they showed a massive amount of results to come back because they were really under pressure in that first half. Well, in, in, a, in a weird glitch of the Cork Championship, like, I mean, um, Glen Rovers hadn't played in a month because they had topped their group and got, went straight into the semis, whereas Aaron's own um, had beaten my team, Sarsfields, in the last round, and they had bridged that, uh, that time. And it seems very unfortunate on Glen Rovers that they won their first three games in the group handy, and then had a month off. So there were complete sitting ducks, really. Like, they hadn't been tested and coming up against the team who had. Yeah, and look, that's that's an anomaly that I suppose a lot of championships, not just the Cork Championship, have. You know, if you top your group, you go straight to a semi-final. And, um, you know, we often see that, you know, you see the Munster teams um, whinging about that over the last number of years, that, you know, they win Munster and it's doing them harm and going to another semi-final and never bothered to take any when they won, um, won Leinster. But, no. uh, you know, look, I think... It's not ideal having a month off. Um, you'd rather be playing, you know, every two weeks, I suppose. But uh, I suppose it's something that you know what you're you're getting into. Um, if your team is is well prepared and you're training hard, and maybe uh, you, you maybe get one practice match or something in, in between, you can you can really use that month to your advantage. That it's that's a difficult one again with the dual counties that play a week on a week off. So the week yeah. off, the week off then was the the week the other teams played off to get into the semis. Then you had football week, and then that's where that, you know that's yeah. where the month that's where the month went. So you know it probably isn't easy, but I do agree. I don't see how it 
why not just have every team going into the semi-finals after the same? You know, at the same rate, yeah. there must be a way of doing that. I don't actually. You're, you're, you're probably better off putting all teams into the quarterfinal and having them seeded. You know, I'm, it's it's a much better system. Yeah, that is, a, especially when you, at club level, when you're going a, a, a week on, a week off, and then you're yeah. suddenly you're out for four weeks, and you think that's supposed to be an advantage. If if they were going with the split season. You know, you would like the two-week break, whereas the other team would have to play every week. You know, it's it's not an advantage if you're playing a week on, a week off. If you get me, no, exactly. Um, what's going on? Saint Rhinos have Burr's number completely in Offaly. Like, I mean, this is a complete turnaround. Yeah, and look, um, Burr kind of the same old Hauntons came came back. You know, they they just didn't find the scores in the second half. They only got five points in the second half. 17 points overall, only four points from play. You know, and they had, but they had chances. You know, that's probably where they're kicking themselves today. You know, they had a couple of really easy sco- point scoring opportunities. On Cal's radar was off a little bit on the freeze. You know, he's usually, you know, 10 out of 10 um, free taker. Um, and just missed a couple of hard ones. And then obviously then he missed a couple that he really should have been scoring. So Burr missed their chances where the other end of the field, Rhinus just kept plugging away they had a lot of experience to come in off the bench you know they brought in Dermot Horn he's been away in the States for a number of years came back for last year's county final um, you know and, and he came on again yesterday and set up the goal so you know Rhinus just have a really really solid team they know what they're about they've you know over the last 10 years in Offaly Kuleri have won four Kilcormer Kalati have won four Rhinus have won two so you can see um, where the powerhouses were in, in, in Offaly over the last number of years and the two best teams have got to the final there's no doubt about it uh, Kilcormer Kalati on Saturday beat Belmont and they were cruising for nearly all that game Belmont got a late goal and next minute it was helter skelter for the last um, couple of minutes and there was a few minutes played of additional time so it, it ended up being a flurry of a finish but for like 57 minutes of that game Bel- or Kilcormichalotti were in total control so I think we're in for a really good final um, Kilcormichalotti have transitioned well you know a couple of their older players are now maybe bit part players and being used for their experience like the Jarhelian Kieran Slevin um, and, and they still have some of them playing the likes of Conor Matten and Damien Kilmartin but they've blended a couple of nice young players. Like Kilcormick Lottie are the real powerhouse in Offaly Hurling at the moment. Underage, they're completely dominant um, nice. at all at all age groups. Um, maybe the only ones that are, are troubling them at all at underage would be Balnamir. Um, that'd be Michael Dignan's adopted club. You know, they're up there outside Tullamore, very proud Hurling um, County. You know, they've won a, a minor now in under 21 over the last number of years. Um, so at underage, they're the only ones that are maybe consistently um, coming up against Kilcormick. So Kilcormick look like... Um, their juggernaut is going to continue for a number of years, to be fair. But as I said, this final, um, Rhinus, they are county champions, um, but they still have to do it against a big powerhouse like Kilcormick or Kuleri in a county final over the last number of years. So um, it lends itself to a really good county final there. All right, okay, so you've set that up well. In leash, before we go, Rosanella's dream is over. Um, they obviously knocked cameras out and beat Boris Kilcotton in um, the group stage. They lost the clock Balakala uh, convincingly enough um, in the end. And Boris Kilcotton beat Rat Downey, who are defending champions. So it's going to be a back clock Balakala versus Boris Kilcotton um, final. Funny enough, cameras going out so early this year, uh, Brian. Interesting enough. And Rosanella's up from intermediate uh, running amok. So there have been a few surprises. A few surprises because like, even you go to that first game, Ballinakill were comfortably beating Rosanalis. Rosanalis somehow got a draw of it. Rosanalis get to count semi final, Ballinakill end up getting relegated. You know, they lost <laughs> the Castletown at the weekend. Now, Ballinakill wouldn't have been 
troubling for a county final. But you know, you know the you know the point I'm making. Yeah, yeah. You know, it can be small margins. The thing about like Rat Down here, it just it, it, it staggers belief with them because we played them in a the practice match a couple of weeks ago and they were playing a sweeper. And of all people who play a sweeper, Patty bloody parcel, yeah, parcel. And you're Bloodness. like, like. Rat Downey, do you realise how good you are? Like, I don't think they do. Like, they have an unbelievable team. You know, Ross King, Mark Kavanagh, Paddy Purcell, you know, really good hurlers, Joe Fitz, and, and a really, really good team if they actually just believed themselves in a little bit more and, and went for it. Put Paddy Purcell midfield and just let him go. You know, yeah. I, I, like, that, I couldn't believe it that day we played them. And I just thought they're really... They're, he, did it, he, did it, he did it at the weekend as well against Boris yeah. McCartney. I was reading the match report and I was going, ah, you're trying to be too clever there now. That's, yeah. stu- that's stupid. Yeah, no, I, I have to say I, I agree. And I, I couldn't believe it because um, they're robbing Peter to pay Paul by doing that. Because it, it, like even the day we played them, and I know it's only a practice match and you don't read too much into it, but I just thought they're not getting anywhere near enough out of Paddy Burst. You know? Yeah. Um, and like, because he's excellent. Like to me, Paddy Purcell will—he's—he's he's the one player who can step up. Well, maybe the, a couple more, but he really could step up to um, any intercounty team. He's top class. Yeah, no, that's definitely. Boris Kilcotton, Boris Kilcotton are um, are coming. We have to give him some credit. You know, they—they they have a really solid team as well. This is their fourth final. They've probably flattered to deceive a little bit. Ken Hogan was over them for their only win a couple of years ago. He had that experience to get them over the line. They really need to do it, but um. Again, we actually played clock by the collar as well in the practice match a couple of weeks, uh, maybe a couple of months ago at this stage. I thought they were really good shape. They're really solid team. The Willie Highland out midfield, he was, you know, offering a lot of experience out there. Picky Mars on farm, so um, you know, they they have really good hurlers all over the field as well. So that's a, that's another really good county final. No, it definitely will be. Come here, Brian. We'll leave it there. No worries, Willie. Thanks, million. All right, great stuff from Brian there. Right, we'll be back on Thursday and we'll preview the club action at the weekend. We're getting close enough to the county season. Uh, it's coming soon. We've two more county final weekends uh, to come before we get into the inter-county season and split out the shows. So we'll talk to you on Thursday. Good luck. Well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are on there. We're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I let it go, cause I won't see you later on with not a lot of talk.